This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello, and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Bobsled Marketing. And today it's another solo cast from myself, no guests, just me sharing my take on a report that I read recently and some some interesting things to think about for brands, particularly mid-sized and larger brands selling on Amazon. Let's get into it. So this report that I'm referring to in this episode is from Jungle Scout, which is a software tool for Amazon sellers. And it's called the 2021 State of Amazon Seller Report. And what I'm going to get into today is not a rehash of of the whole report. There's really interesting themes that came out of it besides this one. But what I want to talk about is profitability for Amazon sellers. And very surprising stats from this report around just how profitable these small Amazon businesses can be. And I'm sharing this with the audience of e-commerce brain trust because most of the people that listen to this show are e-commerce managers, directors, digital practitioners within medium-sized to larger brands. And these Amazon sellers who might be solopreneurs, have small teams, don't necessarily work on this business full-time, but it's an additional income stream. We have a lot to learn from these guys. And I love tracking what the solopreneurs in this space are doing because they're generally at the forefront of tactics and ideas and ways of doing things that larger brands should be considering. There is a risk-reward spectrum with some of the tactics that are used by smaller Amazon sellers, they generally don't have as much to lose as a large brand if they run afoul either by accident or intentionally of the rules. And so certainly not all of the tactics that are being used in the smaller sort of Amazon seller community are, th- are things that I would personally recommend. But we always need to look at what's going on at the scrappier end of town to understand what those tactics are if they are, one, used competitively, two, could be legitimate growth opportunities for larger brands, and three, just give some insight into what the future might look like. And in particular, I'm tracking the Amazon FBA aggregators, the companies that are rolling up dozens and hundreds of these businesses and acquiring sort of those tactics as as well. I think that that's a legitimate competitive threat for medium-sized and larger CPG companies. So I'll I'll stop with all the, the vague references here and get into exactly what I found interesting about this report. So first of all, as some context, this was a survey with just under 5,000 Amazon sellers, which is a good number, good group. As I mentioned, these merchants generally skew smaller with about half of the survey respondents reporting annual revenues of less than $300,000 a year. Like I said, they're often solopreneurs or have a small team of, of assistants. What's interesting about this on the profitability side, 
more than two-thirds of this seller group have profit margins higher than 10%. Better still, 36% of the sellers in this cohort see profit margins above 20%. So this is good news if you are someone going out there and creating a brand and selling on Amazon or maybe wholesaling or something like that. Well, net profit margins of 10% is pretty good. And net profit margins above 20%, you'd be very happy with that. And why is that interesting? Well, earlier this year, I collaborated with the Digital Shelf Institute on some research into larger enterprise brands and their challenges with profitability in e-commerce channels, including Amazon. And profitability for these really large companies is a major concern. E-commerce was a tiny part of their business. Now it's a larger part of their business due to COVID and changing behaviors. And for a tiny little channel, if profitability is not really at the same level as the rest of the company, it's not really a big deal. But if your e-commerce sales have grown from a couple of percentage points to 15, 20% of your business, now you really care about profitability of that division. And so the e-commerce teams from these big companies are very much being held accountable now to profitability. In contrast, these small sellers who are focused on just Amazon as a channel largely are seeing really decent net profit margins. So what is going on here? I think that we have a lot to learn from these guys and digging into what categories they're selling into is interesting and what they might be doing differently is interesting. So first of all, the top categories that these sellers sell in are home and kitchen, 40%, sports and outdoors, 21%, toys and games, 19%, beauty and personal care, 19%, health, household and baby care, 18%. So that's quite interesting. Those top five categories, that's the bulk of these Amazon sellers, these generally smaller ones. One category notably absent from that top five list was grocery. And this is something that aligns with my investigation into profitability in e-commerce for larger companies is that the, with the exception of beauty and personal care, CPG is a lot harder to get profitable in e-commerce than some other categories. So this does align with that. To some degree, you are constrained by the physical dimensions and price point of your products. So not much to be done about that, but well, there are things to be done around that in terms of bundling, multi-pack subscriptions and things like that, which we won't get into in this episode. But just to say that the findings from this report do align with the category-based hypothesis from early research. Two more interesting observations before we get into the lessons here. One is that across all respondents, the majority, 64%, said that they were profitable within the first year of selling on Amazon. And that's in contrast to, I think, a lot of mid-sized to larger companies where steering the ship around is very difficult to return to get an e-commerce division to profitability. So these solopreneurs are actually getting profitable within a year of selling on Amazon. And also last point, 
59% of sellers spend less than 20 hours a week managing their Amazon business. Hey everyone, Kiri from Bobsled Marketing here. Just want to make a quick announcement. I have a webinar coming up on October 19 called Seven Critical Challenges for Omnichannel Brands in 2022. And this is a overview of the economic headwinds, supply chain, trends in how marketplaces are changing, trends that we're seeing with our clients at Bobsled around issues that they're likely to run into in 2022. So I got with my team, looked at what's going on, looked at what's likely to shake out in 2022 as we think about the ultimate outcome of the supply chain disruption that we're seeing right now and put my thoughts together on what 2022 is going to look like. If you could turn back time and tell yourself what was going to happen in 2021, I'm sure you would have appreciated that insight. So that's what we're trying to do with this webinar is a bit of future casting, a bit of predicting what's going to happen next year. So to sign up for this webinar, just go to bobsledmarketing.com and on our menu, we've got a learn section. And if you go to webinars, you should be able to sign up for that webinar really easy. So I hope to see you on that webinar. I'm going to, I'm working on my slides right now. Again, go to bobsledmarketing.com slash webinars to join me and learn about the seven critical challenges for omnichannel brands in 2022. Quite an interesting point. As the founder and CEO of Bobsled Marketing, which is an Amazon-focused marketing agency, I certainly have a big appreciation for the amount of effort it takes to manage an Amazon channel from the operational side of things checking price points, opening and resolving cases with Amazon, dealing with customers in some instances. Are you getting paid the right amount? So much product compliance issues, so much on the operational side of things, so much on the product content and optimization side of things, and just in general, keeping up to date with best practices there. And a ton of work on the Amazon advertising side of things and keeping up to date with best practices in PPC. But it also doesn't surprise me that these companies, which, as I said, largely have revenues under 300K, are spending you know 20 hours a week managing this channel. And I think it's a question of dedicating the time and resources to understanding this channel and what drives success and having a very, very deep understanding of that. So if you're, as a thought experiment, if your entire business was built around one channel, Amazon, you would be eating, sleeping, dreaming of Amazon and want to understand everything about it. So that's one of the lessons that I sort of have in translating the best practices and things to learn from these small, scrappy Amazon sellers into the mid-market and beyond context is being a voracious learner and tester. These people are hanging out in Facebook groups. They're having masterminds with peers. They're obsessing over algorithms. They're tracking their keyword rankings, et cetera, because 
frankly, they've got a lot on the line here with Amazon. If Amazon changes their algorithm, they're sort of out cold. They really want to understand this. They're dealing in a lot of cases with more competitive, in more competitive spaces because they've got an Amazon only brand. They need to be pulling all the other levers because they don't have a brand brand equity outside of Amazon to rely on. So that's one lesson here. There, there is a counter argument to that, which is, well, you've got all your eggs in one basket. That's a pretty risky situation to be in. And I certainly do not recommend for brands to consider an Amazon-only approach for that reason. But the point that I'm trying to make here is the people operating these businesses are very voracious learners and testers. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number two from this group is scrappy Amazon sellers have extreme limits and that can be a a challenge but it can also be a real focusing mechanism. So they're just using Amazon, not in all cases, but I'll paint a little bit of a general picture and, and then we'll come back to it. Mostly they're using Amazon FBA. They don't have their own sort of manufacturing capabilities that are fairly rigid. They're not using 3PLs in a lot of cases. They're using FBA. So they understand Amazon really well. And that's a limit. They are looking at a pricing model that will work on Amazon. They're not looking at, okay, if we're charging $10.99 for this SKU on this channel, how's that going to play out on our other channels and all of the relationships that we have with retailers and how are, how's this stakeholder going to feel about that? No, it's just the pricing model that will work on Amazon, back out all of our other costs, back out our fixed and variable costs. Is that an acceptable profit margin? And it'll either work or it won't, just on Amazon. So very, very focused. They're just optimizing content for Amazon. They're not optimizing product content for other retailers and for catalogs and to D2C sites. It's just what is going to work well on Amazon, testing that and optimizing for that channel. So their understanding of one channel end-to-end, all the drivers there, because that's the limit of the business. And I think that that has, that's an extremely powerful mechanism to focus in on this channel and pulling all of the levers to make that work. In larger companies that you're serving so many different masters with different retailers and distributors and rules, and this content won't work on that platform. And we need to figure out how to sort of send our content out to lots of different platforms. How are we going to split up the advertising spend between these different partners and platforms? That complexity and all of those decisions that have to be made take away time, attention and resources from getting this stuff done. So it's probably not an option for most people listening to this podcast to say, okay, we're just going to throw away the rest of the business and focus on Amazon. That is not realistic. What I'm saying is the people who have these small Amazon business have an extreme level of focus because this is what they have to get right. Lesson number three from 
this report and the great profitability that these sellers are seeing is that they don't have other stakeholders to manage. And this sort of relates to that second point, but there's no exclusives. There's no sort of vendor dollars that need to be exchanged. They're just optimizing for one retailer at the end of the day. And that removes a lot of other strategic questions that large brands have to deal with. All right. So wouldn't it be great to be a solo Amazon seller? Well, yeah, you've got your small, you've got your revenue of 300K or less. You've got your net profit margins of 10 to 20%. You can see why this is, for a lot of the sellers in this report, a side hustle. It's not a full-time business just based on those numbers. So that's one sort of downside for these sellers is that it's not always scalable. How scalable is the business outside of Amazon? Most of the sellers in this report are planning to grow with new products. So that can be a bit of a hamster wheel to be on to in order to keep growing, launching new products rather than turning them into cash cows. Another downside, obviously, risk of concentration and Amazon penalizing you at some point for product compliance or didn't like the way that you were doing something, you know, rightly or wrongly running afoul of Amazon is something that is not unheard of. And these Amazon FBA aggregators, these companies who are rolling up dozens and hundreds of Amazon sellers, these are the targets for those aggregators. So you could either sell your Amazon business to one of them or end up competing with them. And at the rate at which they're growing, the scale, the investment in technology, I would be wary of them as a competitor for sure. All right. So what to do now? I think, like I said, so many lessons to learn from this segment and think about how could we be this scrappy? How could we remove some of these obstacles that inherently come with a mid-size or larger company, how could we focus in a similar way here? A thought experiment. So a lot of things, you know, just removing the preconceptions that a lot of organisations have around Amazon, stakeholders, pricing, content. What would it look like if we stripped that away and this was our business. So a hat to try on, if you will. Another resource, which I'll link up to in the show notes here, is the profitability in e-commerce report that I did in partnership with the Digital Shelf Institute. I'll link to that report here. And that shares a lot more detail on how large companies are dealing with profitability challenges and some additional thought experiments to try, which are more applicable to a mid-sized to larger organization. And I'll also link up to some of our blog posts over at Bobsled about optimizing content on Amazon, optimizing product content for conversion and for search, because that is one of the big ways that these scrappy sellers are winning. It's in organic search and optimizing for conversion there. Also link to the Jungle Scout report, which I've been referring to. That's their 2021 State of Amazon Seller report. Very interesting reading. I hope you liked this episode. I hope you got something out of it. Like I said, I follow this segment with a lot of interest. 
You should be, do your own diligence into the tactics that are being used, of course, but we can always learn a lot if we've got our ears and eyes open. Thanks for tuning in. If you could take a moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show, I would greatly appreciate that. And I hope to catch you next week. Thanks. Thanks.